Okay. Hi. Uh, I'm glad to be with you all today. Um, uh, my name is Carrie Brock, and I, um, as, as Amanda told you, I have four kids, and hospitality has just always been part of uh, what I saw in my house. My parents were very hospitable, always people coming and going. And so that is just sort of like was in my DNA um, to be wired that way. Um, but I am a curious person. And so a few years ago, I started kind of really reading and researching. Like this feels like, I mean, obviously, well, we'll we're going to talk about in scripture, some of the scriptures that say that is it's important. Um, but I'm kind of like a why person. <laughs> and so I started reading a few years ago, why does it, why would that be so important to God? Um, and so, you know, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about what are some of the things that we do in our family and why we do them. And I also want to kind of share with y'all why I think it's important now more than ever, just in our culture. Um, and I, I'm going to ramble because I'm a rambler. So that is just, and I just have had a couple of days to just kind of get my head in a game here. Um, but uh, let's see. There's scriptures that we have heard before, um, offer hospitality without grumbling, do not mistreat a foreigner, um, and, you know, we see Jesus was always coming and going from a meal. It was just kind of like, he was always, you know, he had right before he's about to go die on a cross, he has a, a, a all of his closest friends sit around a table with him in the Last Supper. Um, so we see that, we see that like he takes um, bread and wine, which now are significant to us, but at the time it was, it was, you know, a pretty simple, common, everyday thing, and he builds a whole theology around these two things. So matters of the home have always sort of been important in the faith. We see, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, we see the people of God trying to find their way home. Um, and so I should also make a side note, I'm an interior designer. So it's kind of like um, for a long time I struggled with the fact that this is a thing that I felt like God gifted me in, but I also want to be someone who's contributing value. So I'm like, God, why didn't you give me like a more valuable skill set <laughs> uh, than floral arranging? Um, but just kind of so through, through a lot of like my own journey of self-discovery, um, I feel like it's like of incredible value to God, um, to the way that we build our home. And I would argue that I think your, our home is our greatest potential for ministry, the greatest potential of ministry that we all have in the world. Um, and so I also started paying attention several years ago, and I'm sure you guys have all heard this. Loneliness is skyrocketing. Depression is ex skyrocketing. An anxiety is skyrocketing. And I also feel like perhaps there's something in hospitality that can be a remedy to that. We're not saviors. We are not going to solve these issues that are out there in the world. But perhaps there's something that we can offer through our home that um, can impact and affect the lives of others and so many young people. Um, so um, let's see. First of all, I wanted to tell you all, this is not first of all anymore. We're into, <laughs> into it. Um, but some of you guys know Diana Reed, who was one of my mentors here at Otter Creek. She went through a lot of trouble um, in her life. Just, you know, her husband had um, ALS for a long time. Um, she had 
kids who had difficulty just navigating the world, and she died, you know, kind of too young for her time. She was, I don't know, how old was she? Anybody know? Diana Reeves. She was 60s. She was too young to have died um, from an a injection site from an infected um, needle uh, a few years back. Anyway, um, at her funeral, there was some of her sons. She had two boys. One of her son's friends said during the funeral, you know, she, we, that her home was always somewhere we could go. We could always just come. And I just thought, that's the kind of home I want to have. Um, and so we, we built our home about 11 years ago, and I, I polled just a bunch of friends, like whose house was the house that people went to and why? And um, you guys are probably have your own um, people who you went to their homes and, and reasons why, and I'd love to hear them because I am like always polling and curious. Um, but some of the reasons were because our mom let us do whatever we want in not a good way. You know, like the, the, this so-and-so's mom just didn't care. And then there was also so-and-so's mom didn't care, meaning loving home, great family, but wasn't always like pick up after yourself. And, you know, just like they kind of were casual around the house. So I'm like, well, I could do that. Um, <laughs> another person said um, that they had a pool, and we now have that, but at the time I'm like, can't do that. Someone else said they, there was always food around, all the time. There was just tons of food. Someone else said we lived on the, you know, this one family was on the cul-de-sac, so we were always at so-and-so's house playing ba basketball. So I'm like, okay. You know, some of those things, I don't know if they um, – uh, register with y'all or not, but like, you know, which one of those could y'all be um, if this becomes a value to you and um, what can you implement? And so I started thinking about that and I thought, well, I can be the person who's just always offering and I can be the person who's just kind of a laid back mom in a way. Um, so uh, let's see. Um, so I kind of wanted to build this, and, and adults too. Hospitality among adults is very important um, as well, but, you know, there's seasons, and some of you guys are in a season where you're at soccer all the time. Maybe you're hospitable to people at soccer. Um, maybe you are hospitable um, with carpools. Maybe you're hospitable, you know, as a foster parent. You know, there's different ways that we can hear this message and integrate it into our lives, but... But, y'all, I mean, statistics are that half the kids out there are really lonely and sad. And, you know, statistics say that a good number of y'all are, too. And um, one thing we can do about that is, like, say hello, say people's names. Like, hospitality, I would argue, is I do think it's about having people in your home. But it's also, like, what can I do to make someone feel cared and valued? Um, so, let's see. Um, my mom... They they um, had an opportunity to buy a much larger house than the one that they moved from. And in doing so, since this was a value to my parents as well, they, um, they asked some of their mentors, some of y'all may know Buddy and Bernie Arnold, probably, I don't know if anybody does in this room anymore, but um, he was a song leader here, and they had a very small house, but they were always having people in and out of their house. And um, he, she said, you know, if we buy this house, what message do you have about the hospitality? Because we would want to use this for others. Um, and they said, number one, Bud said, be yourself. So hospitality, some of y'all are cooks, some of you are not. So maybe it's pizza. 
Honestly, I've learned people do not care what you serve. So few people are asking others into their home that people are just pumped to come over. So if you go get Subway sandwiches, if you get pizza, if you do potluck, people do not care. And if they do, you can not come next time I ask, you know? I mean, it's that easy. So I don't care if people feel like they love the food you're providing. Um, but so be yourself. Um, number two, it is a lot of work. That's what Bernie said. Um, and that's true. I mean, it's, you kind of have to mentally prepare, like, this is, this is going to be an effort. Um, and Bud said, number three, was you never know how much good you're going to do from a cup of coffee. So just kind of like being present in front of another is a gift that too few people actually give. Um, so let's see. Um, so let's see. What is this? Uh, been rambling. Um, learning. Okay, so why? what do we learn at home? We learn who we are. We learn how to relate to others. Okay, so... Let me time out. Um, so when we, we used to have people, like just other adults, um, at our home. And then uh, people started having kids. It's like, please leave your kids at home. We still just want to hang out with the adults. And then after a while, it's like, okay, this is starting to turn a little bit. And so adults, you stay home, and we'll, we'll just take the kids in for a season. Um, and that's where we are currently. And um, there are certain things that we have done to just um, make this about having our kids over. It's, it's about nurturing relationships for them. And something um, that's part of it, something I've learned along the way, and y'all, I've read like a crap ton of books on hospitality, everything that's out there. And I haven't seen this, anyone articulate this, so this is my own feelings of it. I feel like there's two kinds of hospitality. There's a service, which we're all called to do. How can we serve in a hospitable way? And then there's one and the, is the extension of friendship. And I got frustrated for a long time because I kind of mixed those together. And I was kind of like, well, if I have you in my home, why aren't you having me in your home? And this is how it's supposed to be. And then we become best friends. And then that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. And so I've kind of learned, like, we're just supposed to be hospitable. We're just supposed to be um, doing that. But then you can kind of have your feelers out for if someone reciprocates, then, like, this is this is a road towards a, a friendship that's going to, because we do need that. Um, and I think I, it became frustrating in my mind. Like I'm inviting you over because I want us to like journey in this relationship. And if you are this type of person, you are probably also frustrated because people do not often reciprocate in the way that you imagine. So just kind of separate it. Like you're just supposed to do this. You're supposed to do it without expecting anything. If someone reciprocates in some way, I mean, I know, I know a lot of y'all, I, I thought this was great because um, a friend of mine very early on in our marriage said, we, she had us over and she said, this is very hard for me. And I thought, oh, thank you for saying that. So I know what a big deal it is for you to have us into your home. And it helped me realize, like, this is not going to be tit for tat. You know, it's just not. But if you are one of those people for whom it's very hard, invite a friend for coffee. If there's someone who's always 
sending you signals that they want to further, and now I'm, now I'm on the topic of adults to adults, but I told y'all I rambled. So, um, so if there's someone you feel like is extending some extension of friendship, reciprocate in some way. Text them back, say, I appreciate you having us over. I'm not a big cook, but I would love to get together at the park with your kids or your family. And so there's ways that you um, can reciprocate as a signal because, I mean, you know, if, if you're someone who's always having people over and you think, like, we're going to be buddies, I mean, someone just may not have enjoyed your conversation in the slightest, and maybe they, maybe they do not want to continue that. So, so I think reciprocation is, is nice if that is a relationship um, that you would like to, to continue to grow. Um, okay, so let's see. This is a ministry to our kids and to other children. Um, this is about showing them what it means to be a dependable adult. It's about showing them, um, when you have kids over in your home, um, okay, so there's two things that cause us to grow in our relationships with others. And think about your kids, time and proximity. Statistically, I mean, this is, this is science. If you are not putting the time in front of other kids, if your kids are not, and if they're not putting physically near other kids, they will not mature their relationships with others. And so what can we do as parents to help cultivate time and proximity? Um, Gail Shrigley once told me, um, and I put this in my back pocket, she said, nurture relationships on behalf of your kids. Because once they're fifth grade, those are their own relationships, you know, and on and on. Um, you have fewer opportunities to get to know the parents. You have fewer opportunities to get be around those kids. So when I have kids over, I can see how my kids interact. I mean, my kids are not perfect, um, but I can see kind of how the the interaction goes. I can are they? Uh, is it a surprise that we pray at dinner time? You know, like that tells you something about um, maybe their experience. And is it? You know, do they? have certain, um, what's their language like? I mean, there's things that you can see having kids at your house that you do not get a chance to when they're at someone else's house. So I try as much as possible to have people over. Um, how long do I have, do I, when do I need to stop? Um, <laughs> class is over at 1045. Okay. So, and we definitely want time for questions. Yeah, so. okay. Well, maybe I should just stop there. Um, I, um, we have one thing I was going to tell y'all is we started a few years ago with the Millers, who y'all, many of y'all know, Matt and Catherine Miller. They have four kids <coughs> who, who um, kind of line up with our four kids. And so we started doing a back to school dinner with them. It's very hard to get on the calendar. Sometimes we have a big old spaghetti dinner and plates are all set and everything. And sometimes it's like, hey, can you go grab Subway sandwiches and then let's, you know, I mean, it's just we, we have seasons where it um, looks different than others. But we have maintained that, um, and that's been a sweet little thing for us to just kind of create with another family um, for as long as we can do it. And um, so there's certain things that your kids can kind of help you participate in and plan for and to get excited um, so I'm just going to, it's not like a natural closing point, but I'm terrible at ending. So we'll just stop there. And if anybody has any questions or, yeah. 
Whenever you're talking about, it, not necessarily adult to adult, but kid to kid when your kids are in your home, it, how do you manage the different personalities of your kids? Like I have, yeah. my oldest is extremely introverted and uh -huh. reserved, so he has about this much time where he's like, all right, it's time for kids to go. And then yeah. my younger two kids, they would have people live with us right. if they were able. So how, have you, have you ran into that and how yeah. have you managed it? Uh, so I think you, your kid who has trouble with it uh -huh. needs to be pushed a little. And then I think you need to help him out a little. Yeah. So like, I think there might be times where, you know, your husband takes him to go pick up groceries or, yeah. I mean, that's terrible, but um, to do something apart from what's happening at the house. Mm -hmm. And then there are times that you just say, this is just how it is. Yeah, and they're so, not going home for the next three yeah. hours. So, like, maybe go, what I've said in the past is, like, hey, why don't you just go grab a few minutes in a room, like, yeah. just recharge, and then go back great. out when you're ready. But it just, I don't, I don't want to be overbearing about it, but I also don't want him to be the recluse where it's like, oh, great, people coming over, I'm yeah. going to hide my closet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, what I have that's challenging is I have a sixth grader and a seventh grader that are sometimes share friends and yeah. sometimes don't and that gets difficult so i i kind of this is really one of the harder things about our dynamic um because they i'm like you guys can decide do you want double the the friends so that like you always get to play with each other's friends or do you want your friends to yourself and they've decided that they want their own friend time yeah. so um that's kind of how we do it in our house. But I'm like, at some point, I'm hoping that they kind of are like, well, this just means we get to hang out more because we like each other's friends. But I don't know. Tell me more about that, Carrie. Yeah. I feel like we're in the same page there. I mean, that's just hard for me. Um, and, you know, they are, human nature is to gravitate towards the older people for a while. Um, and so I think in our family, that works out uh, less positively for my youngest kid because she's, you know, they all like her older sister. Um, and so that's why I just, her older sister happens to be gratefully a reasonable person. So she, um, so I'm like, you know, I need you to go to your room for a while so they can just have their own playtime. Um, so I just kind of make them separate. And then I, sometimes I'll do it like, what we're, and I, pep talks before kids come over is super important. Super important so you don't have to have a confrontation in front of their friends. Um, so just kind of remind them, like, this is how it's going to go, and I, this is what I expect of you. And sometimes we'll be like, for the, for the last, you know, if someone's coming over for two hours, like, last 30 minutes, y'all all are going to hang out together or something like that to kind of set the expectations. Um, so we've done it different ways. How do you deal with it if a child that you don't know very well comes over for the first time? And, well, if I explain the, the scenario. For and you don't like the kid? <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, my son was nine. He does not have a cell phone. He's not going to have a cell phone until he's like 13. He knows that. He's accepted it. His friend, who is nine, came over and had one. Uh -huh. And I didn't know he brought it into the house, and we have a new device or something in your room in our house. And I go upstairs to just like check on them, see if they want snack, whatever. And the kid had his phone out, was like showing my kid stuff. Yeah. So I ended up having to take it from them and just say, "Hey, I'm gonna give this to your mom when you come back. We just know who devices were in our room in the house." Mm -hmm. And the mom was upset with me. Oh. Was upset. Like. 
Well, that tells you something about that relationship, I feel like. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I think that tells that you, I think that was a successful experience in my view because you had this kid over, you know, that the, um, the relationship that his, that family has with a value that's not your shared value. So in my opinion, like kudos, because, um, because I, yeah, I mean, so like we have, I, that's a, that's a value we have. And when kids come over, I make sure the kids know we have, don't have devices in the bedrooms. And I tell, I tell other people, you have to be comfortable with being awkward. I mean, it's, it's a weird conversation to have. And, and sometimes I say that with moms, like, look, I know, like I'm the crazy mom who thinks this, but do you mind X, Y, and Z? And I've never had a mom say, I hear you, but no, I won't do that. Well, it just didn't even occur to me to check it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have had one kid who said, no, I won't give you the device. And I said, after a while back and forth, she was very argumentative. And I said, okay, I'm going to let you have that in in the room tonight. You won't be able to come back over until you're ready to not have that in the room at night. Um, And so she's come back and she's left it at home. So, you know. Boundaries. Um, Boundaries. Yeah. I mean, and I would say hang on to that for as long as you can because, um, yeah, hang on to that for as long as you can. Kind of going off of that, we, uh, our oldest is nine, so we kind of resisted the whole play date, like going over to people's houses and all that kind of stuff. My husband's a therapist and I was a teacher, so we just know too much. <laughs> so he's starting to ask to have friends over, and in pre-kids, we always thought, we want to be that house where people are over all the time, they're comfortable, and if my kids are going to be anywhere, like I want to know their friends and all that kind of stuff. But we're trying to bridge the gap of our ideal parenting mm-hmm. <laughs> and what is actually happening in situations like that. Like the friends don't have this, their families don't have the same values. Mm-hmm. And if we start, like if we open the door to, okay, you can come over, but now the friends want to reciprocate. Like how, I'm just so, I think, terrified because of the drastic differences in family values that are around us, even in a bubble of a private school. Like, I don't, I don't know how to move forward. Like, how do you navigate that? Like, I want to be that house, but yeah. then... <laughs> well, I think like, you can... Fi- here, they're going to go over there, and I want to go over to their house, and I'm like... Well, the good news is, I've already told y'all, very few people reciprocate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true, because we, we have had, like, hundreds and hundreds of kids over to our house in the past 10 years, hundreds. And we've met probably two families who were like, oh, is this how it's going to be? And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't, you know, you're supposed to come over here because this is a safe space. Um, but I've only had two families in all those hundreds of kids who matched me. Um, and so I, I, and one of them we knew very well. It was like, great, and it worked out beautifully. And the other one we did not know, and so that was a little bit more uncomfortable. But I think if that feels, if you feel like, I mean, there's plenty of things that you guys can do within your comfort zone, I would imagine, like having the other family over for dinner, having two families over for dinner. Um, I think that there's lots of things that you can do to kind of help your kids have this experience while still kind of being a comfortable situation for you. Hey, I was just going to say, so do you kind of, um, I came in a little late on the class, but 
do you, in those kinds of situations, like our kids are, um, I think what's it, sorry, 10, 9, 7, and 5. And we've actually started, <laughs> I was just curious if you do this too at all, like we've started kind of, if our kids have a new friend and we arrange a hangout at a park or something, like we've actually started kind of talking with our kids even mm-hmm. about like, what do you like about this friend or what feels like maybe we're really different on or what, I love like, that. Just because I think that, I mean, for us, I just feel like it's so important to like discuss like, what are our family values mm-hmm. that you feel like we kind of share with them? And what do you feel like is different or might be hard, you know, if you maintain or cultivate this friendship with this friend? Like, just because I think maybe that's worth consideration. Not that we have to be the exact same on everything, but just like, maybe there are certain things that they'll want to consider moving ahead in their friendships that like, oh, this feels important to be on the same page about them. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think that's great. Um, But also I would say, like, remember, until a kid comes in your home, you really don't know how they interact with your kid. And so you can hear some great things about them, but then you see them and you're like, oh, this is an interesting dynamic. You know, I mean, there, there are definitely some great stories they can come home telling. Um, And and remember also, by the time they get in middle school, they're not interested in your help creating friendships. And by the time they turn 16, you have no idea. Like, I mean, you, you do, but, like, kind of don't. Um, they, can, they can do their own thing with little input from you at times. So. And I think, Matt, the other thing that makes me nervous about opening that door and getting started mm-hmm. in the whole having people over all the time is the ages of my kids and how the genders played out. Yeah. Like three kids, I thought, oh, it's going to be like this, but when... I have a nine-year-old boy, a seven-year-old boy, and a four-year-old girl. Like, moving forward, exposing her to the friends of my oldest. Like, even just the my own boys <laughs> that they talk about and how they play. I'm like, dude, please stop. Like, I don't want her to, not yet, you know? Or And so it's a lot of talking through that kind of stuff, but... That's already hard, Mm -hmm. and then to throw the mix of other kids that have way more exposure into our home and what they joke about and how they play Mm -hmm. and I don't know how to. The only thing I would say is that's still happening at school. Right. But but my preschooler isn't. Yeah, in that mix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The dynamic of the different ages, like how do you navigate that part? The. Um. I mean, I, I, yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have. Oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a circus. So <laughs> yeah. Because Sarah, Sarah has foster kids who are necess- not necessarily bringing in what you would. Okay. How it's laid out right now today is is our you know we have a nine year old daughter and then a I don't even know nine eight six five three. So we have kids, and they could call me right now and be like, hey, I got these 14 year old twin boys, you want them? I mean, so it's like constantly uh-huh. thinking about the dynamics. So our rule is never, you're not playing in a room by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not going upstairs, closing the door. Like, yeah. I know what's going on at yeah. all times. So I yeah. might seem psychotic, but like, I'm not yes. playing around. Yeah. You know? um, and just being, open with your kids, like it's never too young to uh-huh. like be like, this is, you know, about slumber parties. Yeah. This, 
you know, this could happen to them. It doesn't yeah. happen. Well, my friend's dad would never do something. I don't care. Like, right. your dad will be in jail, something happens to you, so we're not even... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's just being, like, forthcoming. And also, I'll never forget this girl in my high school, completely sheltered, completely didn't do anything. She went to college, she was out of her mind. Yeah. And so it's, like, kind of, like, balancing that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think making, like, rules and being super honest with your kids. Mm -hmm. And also, no, you can't protect them forever. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying about school, there's a mm -hmm. whole world out there. Mm -hmm. And I think just doing your best and, like, having grace on yourself... Yeah. But also, like, the door stays open, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, being, yeah. you know, I don't know. Well, and I think having those open conversations yes. with that 10-year-old, when you hear that joke or whatever, and it's in front of the 4-year-old, four you later go back and you say, she's not ready to hear that. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's not appropriate for her. And also... Your brain's still developing. The part of your brain that makes good decisions, yes. it's not fully developed I, I until you're 25. Yes. Yes. Like, so we're not making we're not making life decisions right now. Like, no, without me, because your brain yes. literally like your isn't developed. Your cortex is not developed. To, I literally it's have not. To, yeah. yeah. All breakfast. Y'all's prefrontal cortex is not developed. It's a boy's body. Wait, you're probably never going to be developed. 25. <laughs> Girls, you got to at least 25. Yeah. So like, I'm making the decisions. If I say yeah. something, it is to keep you yeah. Period. Yeah. So yeah. Not yeah. That. It's like to keep yeah. you safe. That's great. And I think like reiterating that to mm -hmm. your kids. Like, and I think explaining that. Yeah. Like being helps. Like I mean, my son's six. Like there's not a lot of gifts, but like yeah. he gets that that is concrete. It's not mama being overprotective. Mm -hmm. It's not any of that. It's literally your brain's not developed to do that yet. Mm -hmm. Like when it is, I'll hand that over to you. But it's not developed yet, so it's not your call. And we have like a house rules that yeah. everyone can review them. And it's like my kitchen, like print it out and they all sign it. Like, even I love camera, that. Right? Like, no means no. Yeah. Okay, wait, there's lots of questions. So Eve, we're gonna go Eve, we're gonna go back forward. I was just gonna say we talk a lot with our son that you can have different levels of friendship too. Like there are yeah. people that you can hang out with at school that like maybe in PE y'all are really good friends. But the ones that you want to spend more quality time with, are they the kind of people that make you a better friend and a better person? Mm -hmm. And we talk about that a lot. And we have him think through, like, am I hanging out with people that make, are making me into the person I want to be? And so at school, you can't always control that. And you're going to be around some who are, you know, not always nice. But sometimes they're okay. That's fine. You can be friends with them in that circumstance. But the ones that you want to have over or hang out with are these guys that make you feel good about yourself and that, you know, mm -hmm. align more with your values. And we're much more, we are not great at hus hospitality because we still have the time, but when we do, you know, we encourage him to think about are the people coming over, again, it's kind of that logic and motive I've talked about before, but like, are, are they the ones that make you feel good? And are they the ones that are how you want to be? And you can be friends with those other ones there, mm -hmm. but if they're the ones who tell inappropriate jokes and stuff, is that really the person that you also then want to have over to the house? Like if I walk by, how are you going to feel about that? You know. Yeah. And, um, so I think that discussion is really important, just consistency. You know, it's not like beating it into them, but on a consistent basis. It's kind of like before they leave the house when you tell them, like, you know, remember who you are, or, you know, make your choices, yeah. or whatever the things are. Also, like, you know, make sure you're hanging out with people who make you feel good about yourself and that, you know, you, you know, align with how you want to be. I love it. Ashley? Mm -hmm. um, I really love the conversation about hospitality. Um, I know we can get stuff on turning into, you know, mama bears with our kids <laughs> and stuff like that, but what you were talking about of 
um, and just inviting people over or even just for lunch. I remember mm. when we first got here, you're the first couple to invite us out to lunch and, mm. and commune with you guys. And mm -hmm. it also the sense of community and felt, we felt a mm -hmm. sense of belonging mm -hmm. um, more just from that experience. Mm -hmm. And so um, even you teaching on this, like, oh, we've experienced it firsthand. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's one of those things where if people are inviting you guys over, accept the invitation. Mm -hmm. um, if you feel it in your heart to do something, do something about it. Because you're going to have more positive experiences more than these more mm -hmm. rare negative experiences. Mm -hmm. And then they're just learning experiences. But it's absolutely important, um, hospitality and community and relationship building. And like you said, us as adults, we experience a lot of loneliness mm -hmm. as well. So this is more for us as well as our children and yeah. creating this, you know, experience and um, what is it like a, a principle in your family that we we're communal, we're hospitable. We this is a rule of them, and I love what you said about even the reciprocation that that's not always going to be there because I used mm -hmm. to get hung up on that too. Yeah. You like yeah. are we friends? I'm, I'm like I'm trying to be like best friends. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why are we? Why are we going? You know, progressing this relationship, um, but like or just you know like. This is just not what I want to provide to the community and people mm -hmm. around me and, and my neighbors. And they're probably never going to, you know, invite me over or do anything. Their house isn't prepared like that. And they don't think as much as I think about that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, <coughs> but I think it's, like, really powerful and really um, needed. And so even if you guys have been sitting on the fence of invites and mm -hmm. saying ten times, oh, we got to get together, like, do it. Like, for real. So it's important. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Do you have something you Yes. Mine is for you. <laughs> my kids are flip-flops, so my daughter's the oldest, my son's the youngest, but like we once a year do a Halloween movie night for her and all her friends. My husband takes him somewhere else. Or if she's having a group of friends over, they're playing up in her room in Boston, you gotta stay out stay down here with me. So just keeping them separate and and likely they're not gonna say anything in front of you that's highly inappropriate the friends. Right, like they would stand for her. So, like sometimes if she's got friends over, then Boston hangs out with me, and or if he's got friends over, then she goes in her room and works on her homework. Or, you know, I just we keep them separate, and if it's you know my husband's got to take one of them somewhere else, like out to dinner or something. Yeah, or even like meeting. You don't have to like. You don't have to go to like people's house. You mm -hmm. can meet at the yes. trampoline park, the mm -hmm. YMCA pool. Mm -hmm. Like it could be in public. Mm -hmm. You know, we yeah. kind of watch them. They're, they think they're having fun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep alive. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Yeah. This, this truly is not my experience. This is an asking for a friend situation, but I, I, I really, it, I, just, I have to preface that because I'm not ratting Stephen out here. This, this is not him. But I just want to say I feel like some people can hear this and be excited, be like, yes, I want my home to be that, but maybe their spouse is a little more reserved or it's stressful for them or it's hard for them. So what would you say to people that maybe are not on the same page with their spouse on the subject of having people in? Not because they don't like people, but maybe yeah, they're just sure. like, it's, it's a lot. It's a great question. Lance and I are totally on the same page. Um, so if that's not... 
something we have to work through. But I would say, like, what can you do? First of all, I would say he's going to have to be uncomfortable. This spouse is going to have to be uncomfortable some because God wants us to do it. So we should think about how we can do it in a way that stretches us. And I think she has, like, a direct response to that. So maybe go ahead and say what you're going to say. Hey, hi. Okay, so um, I introvert of us. Like, Blake is, he's the extrovert, and he's also a realtor. He's a client, and we like to be hospitable and have people over and do all that. But sometimes hosting is, it's a lot for me. Um, we have four kids. We homeschool everybody. I work part time. We've got a lot going on. And so, um, but one of the things that, that we've kind of figured out helps me and also keeps us still in that circle, because I, I do enjoy the time spent with new people and enjoy being hospitable. I always, after we do it, I'm always like, I'm really glad we did that. Like, that was fantastic. But um, one thing that I have kind of learned <laughs> that works for us is that we have like our sweatpants friends and we have like our- I love that. Yes. Tonight, we had sweatpants friends. We went to their house, but like she texted me and she's like, hey, I've had a hard week. Can we just order pizza? And she was like, tell like it's a sweatpants night. And we all like, our family just showed love up in sweats and we eat pizza and it's just, the easiest hang, and so, and our kids are used to that. They're used to, like, we have our, our friends that we can just, there's nothing formal about it. Like, it is just, we show up, we do whatever, you know, and then we also have the ones that are like, okay, we're having new friends over tonight, and so to kind of balance that out a little bit, it helps me as an introvert to know that, like, okay, we do some of these, you know, harder hangs, but we also, we have, you know, and what I think is the most important thing about that is no one starts out as a sweatpant friend. So you have to like get out of your comfort zone a minute and kind of work through that to someone becomes that comfortable. Yeah. Along that line, I just want to say like let go of the idea that your home has to be perfect. Yeah. Um, social media. I mean, I'm in design too, like Carrie, yeah. and for a long time. I was like, my home has to be clean, has to be put together, magazine word, you know, not that it ever is going to be, but nobody cares. No one cares. And yeah. I had a friend, a new friend, newish friend, we, we were riding bikes for our house and she invited me in to show me something upstairs. I walked by several laundry piles, uh-huh. unmade beds, and I never felt so seen. I was like, this, yeah. these are my people. Because... She didn't care. Yeah. I certainly didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay if your house isn't perfect. It's okay if, like, yeah. the food situation, you know, pick up, take out. But I think in our age today where we see so much yeah. perfection in the house, like, nobody expects that. Totally. Also, Last comment, I think. <laughs> I was just going to give a resource. If any of y'all are, like, Instagram people, a friend of mine is named Liz Bohannon. She lives in Portland, Oregon, on a commune. Like huh. they decided, they bought row houses together, fenced in all the backyards. They raised their kids together. So it's like complete opposite of probably what all of us live. Um, but she also is very intentional and has been for thirty years about community. And one of she's also a motivational speaker. So at this point, one of her speeches is like, "You don't find community. Like you're saying, yeah. you you're gonna fail a lot." Uh-huh. And it's just kind of refreshing to see like, oh, for 30 years you created this thing and now y'all have like 16 kids among the four families and y'all just like take care of each other and you Tuesday night dinner and I don't think necessarily any of us 
probably aspire to that in Middle Tennessee. But it, she also has like some practical tips every once in a while. Like these are the questions we ask each other, and this is so good. this is how we schedule our time a year in advance, so we know that this is the one important thing for all of us to be together, or for our kids to be together, for whatever. So. I'm, I'm a person who likes to read it and see it. And hear yeah, it I love that. Okay, if you're a person who likes to read it and see it, and see it I know we got to go. This is a book that I really think is good if this is a topic that's interesting to you, life, The Life-Giving Home. Um, it's a good one. It's by a mother and daughter, Sally and Sarah Clarkson. starting the conversation. So I want to continue to talk about these things. Carrie is an excellent resource. So email her, call her, whatever, text her. What do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways. <laughs> uh, but again, this is a great thing for us to think about, to talk with each other about how do you do this, that, all of that. So I'm very um, grateful for her and her time this morning. So you guys go and have a wonderful week. Don't get your kids. It's a little late. <laughs>